Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. All right, I'm going to jump right into the message. Acts chapter 11 is where I'm going to be. Acts chapter 11. And while you're maybe getting there, we'll have scripture on the screen as well. I want to uh, tell a story from back when I was around 13 years old. My grandfather asked me to go to a work trip with him. Now, to give you a little context, my grandfather was a Nestle chocolate salesperson. How many people would love a Nestle chocolate salesperson grandfather? Yeah. I had more chocolate when I was a kid. I loved it so much that I hate it now. I had chocolate coming out of my ears. But anyway, uh, my grandfather who sold this and what it meant back then was he would go to different grocery stores, talk to the managers in the stores, and hand out chocolate, fill out the, uh, he called them end caps, the, the little aisles. He would put chocolate in it. And so he had everything from north of Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. And so that's what he would do every day is he would just drive chocolate around and drop drop it off at stores. And so he's like, hey, Steve, will you go with me? Yes. And get this, he wanted me to be his navigator. We didn't have GPS back then. So it was like an important job. And then the day before, he wrote out, I remember this really vividly, he hand wrote instructions that I would be reading to him throughout the day. And so I would just, okay, uh, go 10 miles, next stoplight, turn right, and we would do that. And things were going great in the morning. And then we were around the Lafayette area, I remember that. And as I was looking at the instructions, one of the instructions that he had handwritten was, bear right. As a 13-year-old, I didn't know what bear right was. And so I was looking for a bear <laughs> on the right. Not like a literal bear, but like, oh, there must be some restaurant bear. And so I'm just looking. Bear right, that seems odd. Now, if you don't know, bear right means at an intersect, like lean to the right, go to the right. Well, since I didn't know what it was, I just skipped it. Right. Now, the, the instructions, to the best of my recollection after that, were like, go 20 miles to the next town, and at the first stoplight, turn right. And so like half hour, 45 minutes later, my grandfather looks at me, and he goes, it, I don't think we're in the right place. Can you reread the instructions? To which I read them, and this time included bear right. And when I said bear right, he did one of these and looked at me, and he said, you didn't, Steve, you didn't say bear right. And I said, well, I didn't know what it was. ha, 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 ha. He didn't laugh. Because the rest of the day, I mean, for him, it was he had hit so many stores in Indiana to deliver the chocolate. And so the rest, I think it was the only time that I can recall where my grandfather was really upset because the whole day was thrown off. Like, isn't it great to have really good instructions? Aren't we, aren't we blessed to have GPS on our phones right now? Yeah, that is amazing. Because when we get bad directions, we can get lost. Now, if I shift that little concept to something bigger, I think we're living at a time, you may disagree with me, but I believe that we're living at a time where we are getting bad directions. And for some of us listening, maybe even online, we're asking ourselves, how did I even get here in life? I'm lost. 
It's like we've been missing instructions and directions in life and we get ourselves off in some corner and, and we're lost. Anybody can relate to that? Yeah. And for many of us, in the twists and turns of life, we really need the best navigator of all. We're in church. You, see, you probably know where I'm headed with this. The best navigator ever is Jesus. And we need to get our instructions, our communication, our turn-by-turn instructions from Jesus. So we just need to listen to Jesus. We just need to pray and hear from him, don't we? Now, I don't know about you, but I have heard that in church and Bible studies. I've prayed that, God, I just want to, have you ever prayed that prayer? God, I just want to hear from you more clearly. Like in the confusion of life, wouldn't it be great to hear God more clearly? Well, today, I really, really want to unpack this thought of how do we hear from God more clearly? Like, even to the fundamental question, here's the question that's going to come up on the screen. How does God speak today? That's the question I want to go after because we're living at a time where the world is really confusing and too many people are getting lost and wrapped up into, the th- into things that God would never have us be wrapped up into because we're following some other voice when we need to be following him, but we've got to anchor into how does God speak today? Now when I ask that question, I, I'm pretty sure, because I've done this workshop called How to Hear from God a number of times, and I'm pretty sure there's probably three groups of people in the room that are listening, when you think of that question, the first group might go, oh yeah, God speaks today because I hear from him and things are amazing. My hope is for those of you who know God speaks and you're hearing from him that you can pick one or two things out of this message just to make his voice even more clear. And there might be a group in the room, group number two, and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure God speaks, but boy, I wish it was more clear. And I hope today to address how it can be more clear. And the third group, Some of you in the room might be thinking, I'm not so sure that God speaks today. Well, I hope today that you walk out of here realizing that he wants to speak to you. I believe firmly that God speaks today. If we look in the scripture, I want to give you three examples that will help set that early foundation. I think he speaks. Let's go after that and try to make it more clear. Here, John 10, 27. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's referring to them as sheep. Followers of him, everybody go, bah. Yeah, you're sheep. So here's what Jesus says. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. There's no indication in Scripture that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was just speaking to the few people in front of him. It's sheep as in like followers forever are listening to his voice and following him. He's speaking today. Look at this, Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is, say it with me, alive and active. The word of God is alive today and it's active today. He speaks. If we go to the Old Testament, some of you might know this verse. It's Jeremiah 33 Verses two through three, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it, established it, the Lord's his name. He says this, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. All throughout scripture, there's this interaction between God asking us to listen, 
because he's speaking. And I'm, I'm starting this message today with this firm conviction and belief that God is still speaking today, and we need to be listening so much better. And, and I had so much of a conviction that when we did this series, we're in a series called This New Life. We've been in this series a couple of weeks, bringing clarity to a walk with God. And, and the conviction that I had is, in this series where we're trying to provide the foundational elements of what it means to live a life believing in Jesus, that we need to hear from God. That the world is just too crazy right now, and we could all benefit from his voice. Would you agree with that? So I want to look at this weird portion of Scripture. It's in Acts chapter 11. I'm going to give you a little background, and then I'm going to give you an exercise before I read it. But here's what's going on when I read this. Peter, who is a disciple of Jesus, has been following, had followed Jesus, seen some amazing things. He's out and about, and he's doing some amazing things by bringing people into the belief of Jesus. And he's going to the common people, and they're responding, and things are going great. But there's this one group of Christians. Scripture calls them the circumcised group that believe that the only way to be a Christian is you have to go through the Jewish faith to then believe in Jesus. You have to follow all these rules first. There's this religious system that you have to fit in this box before you can say yes to Jesus. And they've heard Peter out talking to the common people, skipping steps, and it seems to them like they're jumping in line. Do you get the picture? And they're, they're kind of upset. And so Peter is going to describe in this text... Multiple ways in which God has spoken to prove that, no, the gospel is for the common people. Now, when I read this, there's all sorts of weird details. I don't want you to focus on that. I want you, as I read this, to try to pick up how God spoke. So I'm going to read it, and that's your assignment when I read it. How did God speak? Which way did he speak? So I'm going to start Acts chapter 11, verse 4. This is Peter saying, Starting from the beginning, Peter told them, the people who were mad, the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. This is the, the, the important details, but it's how God speaks. So it's going to go a little weird here. I looked at it, saw four-footed animals on the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds, then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me, to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
So if God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they, people who were complaining about this, heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. In there, there's at least four different ways that God speaks to people to get to a heart of a matter. And I wanna unpack those things, but before I do, I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna ask you this question. Is there an area of your life that you could use more clarity from God in? And with that, I'm gonna pray. So we pray with me. So, so Father, we, likely people in the room, people listening, we have areas, multiple, of our life that could benefit from a conversation with you. So God, I want to hear from you more clearly. We want to hear from you more clearly. So would you help, God? We're inviting you into this conversation. So open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to hear you more clearly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On the back of your program, there's like a record number of fill-in-the-blanks. Hang with me. Here's where I'm going today. Here's what I see in the text. A conversation with God reveals his, you can fill this in, creative communication. It may not be the perfect way to say it, but creative communication is what I see because God is creative. When Peter is talking to the people who are confused and mad, he recounts four ways, at least four, that God speaks. And I want to look at each one of these, one at a time. Verse 5, Peter says, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and I saw a praying in a trance. I saw a vision in a trance. Saw a vision. Maybe sounds a little weird, but here's what I think is going on. God is using Peter's imagination in his brain to give a whole picture of this weird like four-footed thing and bed sheets and up but he's using the imagination in your brain did you know that God created your imagination there are likely people in here one or two that have an imagination think of it this way let's do we're going to be interactive today just a little bit we're going to do an exercise think of in your brain there's a chalkboard of your imagination, we're gonna wipe it clean, and I'm going to ask you to envision this. A pink elephant standing on his back legs with a blue tutu and an umbrella. Do you see it? That's, that's your imagination. God created that, and God can use that to speak to you. That's what he uses here for Peter. He uses this as imagination, that's one way. The next way, verse seven. Peter says, then I heard a voice telling me. At least three times Peter recounts the voice of the Lord. He actually, I, when I look at this, he actually heard God say something. I've never heard the audible voice of God in my life, but I've met one person who had a deep conviction that they heard the voice of the Lord. And even when they recounted it, you could tell the depth of how it impacted them. God can still, I believe, audibly speak to us today. Is it every time? No, but I believe he can. What about this next one? In verse 12, Peter says, the Spirit told me. He, he's, so 
guys have come in. They want him to follow. And the Spirit told Peter. It, it, it doesn't say that audibly the voice of the Lord spoke, because otherwise he would have written that. He says, the Spirit told me. It's like in your knower, you just know that God spoke to you. We can hear from God in our spirit. You want to try something? Okay. Just because two people said it, we're all going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do something. I'm going to pray, and I want you to listen. And here's how we're going to listen. The first thing that crosses your mind, what if when we prayed to God that he answered immediately and that first thing that crosses our mind was the Lord? And so I'm going to pray, and in that prayer, I'm going to ask a question, and your role is just to listen. I'm only going to give you 10 seconds. Your, your role is to listen and write down literally the first thing that comes across your mind, whatever it is. Are you ready? So I'm going to pray. You're going to listen and write. So here we go. So Father, we only want to hear your voice. That's it. We just want to hear your voice. And so God, if there was one place on earth that you would just enjoy meeting us face to face to have a conversation, what's that one place? And would you tell us each uniquely what that is? Whatever that one thing is, just write it down. Now, here's the cool thing about God. I've done this enough in a class uh, that we can try something. I don't want you to tell me what it is, but for those of you in the room who saw a picture of the location, I want you to raise your hand. Keep it raised. Everybody look around. So God spoke to them in pictures. Everybody else in the room who sensed a word but not a picture. You, that, the word just came to mind. Raise your hand. God spoke to them in a word, not a picture. God is creative in how he speaks. I've done this enough in large groups. I won't do it this morning, but one time I asked, it was kind of crazy. Did God, did, uh, when you asked that question, did, did you smell anything? And somebody raised their hand and said, yes, I smelled like an evergreen forest. God created you, and however he wants to speak, he will speak. The minute we create a box and say, well, God only speaks one way, he's going to jump on that box and say, no, I am God. I will speak the way I want to speak. Last one I see, Peter talking about hearing from God. He says, verse 16, then I remembered what the Lord had said. And he recounts what Jesus had said. How do we remember what the Lord has said? The Lord can speak through Scripture. That's how he speaks as well. We read this, and it's encouraging for us today. Those are just four examples. You want some more? Read the Bible. It'll outline the creative ways in which God speaks to us. It's crazy. This is really helpful, too, and I want you to write these down. Just for clarity, we can hear four voices. If you were here at Chasing God and heard Kyle Martin speak on Friday, he clarified these four. We also teach these in how to hear from God. But here are the four voices that we can hear. The first one is God. You can write that down. God many times is the first voice that we hear when we ask him a question. The second voice that we can hear is our own. You can write that down. Our own. Kyle Martin said our own voice is sometimes the first voice that tries to discount God's voice. It can also be the voice that has a lot of eyes in it. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I want to do this. That's your own voice. 
The third voice that we can hear is the enemy. The enemy speaks. The enemy knows Scripture. He knows you. And he'll use words like, you'll always be like that. You'll never be able to. He loves the always and never. And then the fourth fourth voice that we can hear is the world's. The world's voice, I would argue, at least in my lifetime, the world is incredibly noisy right now, and we are inviting through social media and the news and the radio and everything that we're listening to, we are inviting so many voices into our lives, and it's no wonder some of us are lost. So an honest question for all of us, including me, you can fill this in, but I want you to ask this question, which voice is driving the direction of my life? Which voice is driving the direction of your life? And right when I say that, I just get a sense that some of you are filling your homes and your cars and your computers and your phones with voices that you should not be listening to and you are off in a barren, dark place and you need to shut some of those voices off if you want to hear from God more clearly. Because God wants to talk to you creatively. So a conversation with God reveals his creative communication. The other thing that I see in the text with Peter is this. A conversation with God reveals his heart for his people. Reveals heart, reveals God's heart for his people. Peter's in front of a group of believers who are arguing, no, there's this set of rules people have to follow to get in the kingdom And Peter recalls four ways in which God said no. God's heart is to include the common people. God's heart is to, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. So God loves the world. He loves all. And he shares with Peter these four different ways in which God spoke. And look what happens in verse 18. When they, the people who were complaining, heard this, all of the ways God spoke his heart, They had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles, God's granted repentance that leads to life. When God speaks, he reveals his heart to the people. All throughout the Old Testament, God speaks to someone, reveals his heart, and that someone can impact the world by sharing what they heard. In the New Testament, just two chapters before Acts chapter 11, Some of you know this story. Paul, who was out persecuting Christians, he was a bad guy who then turned his life around. But in Acts chapter 9, he's doing incredibly bad stuff. And God speaks to a little person called Ananias. Just this honest, like he says, Ananias, go to, this is incredible. You should read it, Acts chapter 9. Go to Straight Street and find a guy named Paul. How many of you would really love to hear God that clearly? Like, I want the street and the person and the why, but Ananias does what probably I would do. Paul seems bad. I don't want to do that. Starts arguing with him. And and so God reveals his heart. He says this in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. The Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he's chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. That's God's heart. He's sharing it to Ananias to go share it with Paul. Do you see the little nugget in there about the Gentiles? It's for everybody. 
It's, it's one thing to want to hear and to hear for you personally, that intimate side of, God, I want to hear for me. But it's quite another, and I would argue that many times God speaks, he's sharing his heart for other people. And part of our responsibility is to listen not only for us, but to listen for the world, because the world is dying. They may not know it, but the world is dying to hear from the Lord. And so a question for all of us is, how open am I to sharing God's heart for others? How open are we to sharing God's heart for other people? Let me give you a couple of examples. These are just two quick stories in the last week that happened that I think show God's heart using other people to do something important. Last week, I referenced it earlier, we had Chasing God each night, we had a speaker, there's great worship, and uh, at the end of service on this side of the auditorium, there's usually one or two people, maybe more, that are listening to see if God wants us to pray for something specific. They're asking a question, it's not voodoo, we're just saying, hey God, is there something on your heart that we should be praying for? So worship's going on, I'm over here, and two people come to me, and they said, "Um, I think we should pray for... One person said, I think we should pray for vertigo. And the other person said, I think we should pray for people with a busy calendar. And so I uh, shared that with Pastor Mark, who was uh, leading a time of prayer. And this story came in after that. Here's what it says from somebody else. said, my husband and I attended several of the Chasing God services. During the Friday evening service, Pastor Mark asked for a special prayer for anyone suffering from vertigo and anyone with a packed schedule. I've been dealing with vertigo for about six months. My doctor stated that there was nothing he could do, and in time, the vertigo would eventually go away. So my husband looked at me and said, well, I guess that prayer is for you. I also have a schedule that's unbelievably packed, and she goes on to outline that she has a full-time job, manages the care and well-being of the parents, as well as their finances, their household. But when Pastor Mark mentioned getting prayer for a packed schedule, she didn't feel it was for her because she had told herself She was working on it. She talks about reading a book about how to get rid of busyness in the life. She's in a home group, and they were studying, and she was working it out. So she went up for prayer for vertigo. And when I went up for prayer, I asked Pastor Kathy to pray with her. And Pastor Kathy first prayed for my vertigo, and then afterwards, Pastor Kathy Kathy asked me about my schedule. (laughs) It was, it was at that time I knew I was truly called to go up for prayer. God knew I would not have gone up for a busy schedule, but he knew I would go up for vertigo. I'd let my packed schedule of busyness become my priority instead of God, and he was letting me know that it was time to confess this to him and ask for, for forgiveness. Once I confessed and asked for forgiveness, I felt a weight lift off my shoulders. God not only forgave me, but he showed me that even though I was working it out myself, who's done that before, he already had it figured out for me. If I just learned to slow down, listen, and turn it over to him. And she goes on and says, oh, and the vertigo? It's exponentially better, praise God. So how cool is that? I love that testimony, but I also love how the testimony came to be. God used three people in three different ways to bring freedom to somebody who was struggling. 
Two people came over and one said vertigo, one said busy schedules, and Pastor Kathy, in the middle of only knowing that she wanted to pray for vertigo, stepped in and said, what about your schedule? It was God's heart to release freedom to this person, but had to use other people to share God's heart to get to that point. Do you see that? You want another story? This last week, a number of staff, uh, we flew to uh, Phoenix, Arizona for a Vineyard National Conference. It's a four-hour flight, and so I was on that flight and uh, sitting on an aisle row so the aisles in between me, the person I had no idea who it was, was to my right across the aisle. We're at 30,000 feet, and I'm uh, thinking about this message because I'm in the middle of writing it, about hearing from God. And so as I'm thinking about it, I'm typing up a couple of notes, I have this interaction with God, and he said something like, well, if you're, if you're going to do this, why not practice? Why not share my heart for this person to your right that you don't know who it is? And then I started a little argument. It didn't last long. I was like, God, we're, it's really loud. Like, it's, I'm going to have to lean over the aisle. People are, what if people go to the bathroom? I don't know this person. And so I felt like I should try to do something. And so I just pulled up a new note on my iPad. And I was like, okay, God, what's your heart? And I just started typing. And here's what I typed. Type this. The first thing I heard was the word misty. How cool would that be if her name was Misty? Like, that's what I thought. Like, God, you are awesome. It's amazing. So I typed, I heard the word Misty. And then I noticed, I wrote this, I noticed that you were working on some things like school. And so I prayed about that, and here's, here's what I think I heard. God's proud of your hard work, and while others are proud of you, it if you can only imagine how proud God is of your hard work, he's the only one that sees all the work you put in when no one else is looking. It's so worth it. And then I, I said, I kept praying and heard this, which is a little odd. The heartbreak, that's what I heard, heartbreak. And so I asked God, God, what's your, why heartbreak? So I typed the heartbreak, whatever it was, was worth it, and the questions you still have, you won't get an answer to because in the grand scheme, it doesn't matter. God took care of it. You made the right decision, so stop looking back. Look forward. So I had typed those things, and I took my iPad, and I tapped her on the shoulder, and I said, this is weird, but I think this is for you, not my iPad. <laughs> could, you, could you read it? And so she held on to it. It took, what, 30 seconds for me to read that? I mean, that's what I typed. And she held on to that thing way longer than 30 seconds. And at first I thought, oh, this is really cool. And then I thought, this could be really awkward because I have no idea who this person is and I don't know what they're thinking. And it was awkward enough that I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, does the name Misty mean anything to you? And she looked at me and she said, no, my name is Rachel. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy. But she continued, and it was a really short conversation. She continued to say, she said it twice, that uh, she was in a really hard season because she lived in Illinois, but had to move to Phoenix 
with her mom. Both her mom and her had moved. And she went to uh, Grand Canyon University, which is a Christian university. And she was in her first year of nursing school. And it was a really, really hard season. And that note, that little note, really spoke to her. And she leaned over and she said, could you just please email that to me? And so in a simple act, I just emailed it to her. It was God's heart revealed to a person who was in a difficult season. It's listening to creative communication and sharing God's heart for others. I'm nothing special. We all can do this. Revelation 3.20 says this. Here I am. This is Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with the person and they with me. It's as if Jesus is knocking to those of us who are lost and saying, can you please open the door, listen to my voice, and I will set a table, and I'll have everything you need, and we will eat together. But we just need to listen. We need to shut off the other voices and be open to his creative communication and share the heart of God with other people. A conversation with God reveals his creative communication and his heart for his people. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.